0: What's up, y'all? It's your boy Jonathan Elias. We are here with AURN Podcast, man. Um, this is where we talk about everything, all right—from music, pop culture, anything that's happening in our community, uh, stuff that you need to know. And I have my co-host, my beautiful co-host, right here. What's up, Star? What up? It's Star doing? Rock. I'm good. You good? You doing good? You <laughs> looking do- beautiful? Thank you. Yes. Aww. Of course, you know, I got to I gotta show my co-host some love. And everybody, we have an amazing, amazing uh, guest today. All right, I'm going to let him introduce himself. We got Mike King up in the building. What up, what up, best rapper ever. Yay, you see, I, see, now I'm going to, no, it is Mike King the icon. I'm right. going to say that. I'm going to say it. All right. So
1: it's Mike King, right? Get yep. it? <laughs> but formerly known as the Icon. So talk about your background and, and when you were Mike King, the Icon.
2: Sure. So my name was Icon the Mike King. Um, and, you know, when I started rhyming, uh, I was reading, like, the Milestone comics. I don't know if y'all remember them, like, Static and all those. And yeah, dude. yeah. The dude who was basically the black Superman, his name was Icon. Uh, And I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna steal that. You know what I mean? And then at one point, I was like, Oh, dude, your name is Michael King. So just Mike King (laughs) and just add that to the end of it. And then, you know, over time, a name like that becomes kind of unwieldy. Cause, like, you know, I'm 40, right? Like, and and someone's like, Oh, I heard you rap. And if I'm (laughs) in like a, a weird context, like a business context, they're like, Yeah, I wanna look you up. What's your name? Like, Icon of Mike King just feels childish, you know what mm, I'm saying? So I was like, cool, let's just shorten that to my actual name, just like M-I-C rather than M-I-K-E. Got it. And, you know, it just makes everything easier.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice.
1: And so you actually, um, well, actually, let me let me get into your background because you were around during a time I feel like is not talked enough, like mm-hmm. in, under, in the underground hip-hop history, mm-hmm. Um, back when, like, it was like EOW, Ray's yep. Walls, yep. Blitz, like all these – dope artist. Talk about that time. Like, how did you get into hip hop and how did your journey lead you to that that period of time in history?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like a lot of people in my age range, I was raised off of like Wu-Tang and Company Flow and Lyricist Lounge, like that really lyrical, hard, underground East Coast hip hop. And, um, you know, I always just wanted to be involved in that. Right. And so when I got to Howard, and I'm, like, doing Ain't all that, Yeah, of course. Of course. We, we actually <laughs> used to just have a. Howard people can not. Come on. Like you know. Like, it's
1: literally, like, nobody. And then Howard people, Howard. I
2: mean, I mean you only feel that way because you went to the Institute. Anyway. But, yeah, I not mean. <laughs> nah, like, we had this MC battle on campus. It was called Verbal Armageddon. It was, like, this Howard-sponsored MC battle. And then I won that, and then I was like, all right, well, wh- where else can I go? Mm-hmm. Then I was winning everything in D.C., and I was like, all right, well, mm-hmm. where else can I go? And then yeah. I started coming to New York and, like, you know, meeting all those guys and just being very involved in that. And then, you know, the the natural next step is, like, putting out records and so on and so forth. And so that same era, that, like, Def Jooks and, and um, rhyme sayers era, like, all of that, I was pretty involved, like, just kind of on the outskirts mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? I wasn't signed to... You know, LP or anything like that, but I was in those same sort of like circles and mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. like going to Scribble Jam, all those sorts of things. And it was just like a natural progression for what I was doing at school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: You know, I have a question. Like, what do you feel like is the difference between underground rap from then mm-hmm. and now? I feel like back then it was a lot more raw, you know it's just grungy, you know. Yeah. Like, now I feel like Is there still
1: an underground rap? That's what movement? I was
2: about to yeah. say. I mean, then it was like a placement, you know what I mean? Like it was a placement and a sound. Now because everything is everywhere and everyone can ac- access it, um it's not really that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like just the sound. It's mm. it's like um <laughs> sounds kind of fake. But I'm saying like, cause you know, underground hip hop, it was like, okay, you were recreating nineties exactly. boom bap mm-hmm, or whatever. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think people are just recreating the nineties at this point. And so when you've got like Griselda, which is still that sound, but they're, you know, top tier and, and commercially successful, it's hard to say what underground is at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like, have you heard of it or not? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, to that end, I actually purchased a website called undergroundhiphop.com, yeah. which is like, you know, it was the place you would right. go for yeah. that. And I think that this that community still needs a place to live. Did, I did know you, know you save
1: undergroundhiphop.com? I did. I did. Nice.
2: So, they were about to go out of business. And um, I was like, yeah, I think I, I could do something about that because, you know, I, I own an SEO agency. And mm. so, I was looking at their SEO. I'm like, oh, here's why you guys are going out of business. Like you lost all your traffic. And I was like, okay, we can reverse that. Like we can really make this more content focused Mm -hmm. and, you know, go in that direction. And um, ultimately, you know, as a business, it's kind of a failure because despite the fact that I, I had the biggest years that it's ever seen, we still lost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to, like, revamp it to be more modern rather than selling records to people Mm because who's really buying that many physical records? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just trying to modernize it, make it more like a marketplace with content being the primary focus, make it more like a media company. Um, But the whole point is that that's a community that's still out there and it exists Mm -hmm. that doesn't really have a place to live. And I'm trying to be that place for them to live.
1: I think one of the cool things that that I noticed, like, during my time, like really hanging out with a lot of the different underground rappers back then, was that how they actually got a lot of respect from some of the more like mainstream artists? Absolutely, and some of them would even like collaborate. Like I, that that spirit of like, I'm I'm this underground rapper. Like, hey, okay, I'm about to make this song. I'm gonna reach out to I don't know whoever, whoever, and. See if we can collab. and a lot of times they would do it. Like right, they would right. figure out a, a, a payment that worked. Mm-hmm. And I'm using this to segue <laughs> into right. this is something that you do, right? Sure, like yeah. you know, you recently released a song, made it, mm-hmm. you got music soul child on the song. And I, I was telling someone that, and they were like, "What? Like it was such <laughs> a big deal." And I'm like, "You don't understand. Like these guys do that
2: because yeah. they know real talent." Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean that record. It was such a moment for me. I'm such a huge music soul child fan. I'm from Philly. He's obviously from Philly, too. And I had this record. It's a record about my mom and all the things she did for me to help me so I could make it. And I was like, this record is dope as is, but can Mm -hmm. we get music? Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to Mecca, um, my guy, and he was like, yeah, I can get you his contact or whatever. And, you know, then we just started having that conversation. Okay, what's it going to cost? Sure, let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. And um to your point, I mean, like you said, people recognize talent when they hear it. Like if you if you look at Run the Jewels as an example, like that is the kind of ultimate example of that, right? Like LP had been doing what he had been doing forever with Company Flow, mm-hmm. with Def Jux, and I wanna make this whole thing about me talking about, you know, Def Jux and all that. But nevertheless, um he got with Killer Mike and they were like, yo, let's make a song. And then that turned into them doing an the album. And then that turned into them being like a huge hit like group to some degree um you know they just sold well they're on tour with um uh uh, rage against the machine they sold out msg five days straight you know what i mean like it just goes to show that it doesn't matter who you are where you're from how you're positioned as long as what you do is dope Mm -hmm. other dope people are down to work with it yeah like uh, okay no no i i Go go finish it. Uh. Yeah, so I've been doing more and more collaboration. Like I just did a joint with um with Beanie Siegel and Freeway nice. and PD Crack and all these guys.
1: And you're working on Black Thought, right? Did I hear that <laughs> at some point? I don't know if I blew I've, up the spot. I've been trying to. I've okay. been trying to. He's he's <laughs> difficult to get to. Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: but you know, like I I connect with these people and like I send them the track and they're like, yo, you're dope. Mm-hmm. Like, you're rapping for real. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you don't expect that because they're at this level, but they mm-hmm. they came from the same place as you came from. Like, they're people that love to rap. And when they hear dope raps, they're just like, yo, I want to write some dope raps too. It doesn't matter that they used to be down with Jay-Z or whatever. They're just like, yo, I like dope rapping. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I feel like you're, you're such an inspiration for – um underground rappers you know being in the game for so long and being able i wanted to talk about uh you surprising your mom mm-hmm. times square with yeah. with your the ad billboard. the billboard <laughs> in times square yeah um what's that feeling like and you That's know amazing. like you know talk about that journey just getting there and like to being even think able that to big. yeah to think that back and get there you know so talk about that journey
2: yeah um I think that being in the space that I'm in where I like I work with a lot of big companies through my agency and I see what they do and what they what they're trying to do and so on. It just kind of makes your worldview more expansive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm looking at Times Square. And I'm like, yo, I can be up there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's just like you pay money. <laughs> you're there. Right. Yeah. And um, what I wanted to do for the song was like make it as big as I could. You know, like I've never had a hit record, but I was like it can't be that hard to make it happen. People do it every day. Mm-hmm. And so as part of that, I was like, all right, well, let's get some Times Square billboards. And we we ultimately have four of them. We had one on 42nd and 8th. Well, it's two on 42nd and 8th. We had um, the joint on Bryant Park, like the real big Jeez. one. Wow. And then we had the joint... Um, at the, the NASDAQ joint, like the yeah, one that's right yeah. there in Times Square. Wow. Then there's another one, like, on that same building to the right. And, um, you know, we're walking down the street. <laughs> um, we took my kid. It was Mother's Day, right? Yeah, Mother's Day. And we took the kids to camp, that store, that the, store the toy store, yeah, yeah. for, like, a Mother's Day thing. And then we're, like, walking um, down 42nd Street. And I'm like, yo, Mom, look up. Wow. <laughs> and she's like, What? <laughs> she's that's like so losing sick. it. Yeah, she's yeah. losing that's it for crazy. that one. And then I'm like, yo, let's keep walking. Look up. And we just kept <laughs> doing it oh, until so we hilarious. got to the Nasdaq one. And she was just like losing it. That's and sick. it felt mad good for that moment to be for her, you know what I mean, where I could do something. And also have my kids see it Mm -hmm. so that they can understand, like, yo, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, these things are for us too, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And the same is true of when um, BET Jams played the video. I'm, like, sitting there with my kids, and they're like, Daddy's on TV, you know what I mean, having those moments. So it feels good, but it also just reinforces that, you know, there's nothing that we can't do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. if we are, are if we want to be in these spaces and we want to present ourselves in this way, there's no reason we can't do it. Absolutely.
0: That is awesome.
1: So, um, you know, you've always been a tech guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like you were like one of the early adopters adopters of like being a rapper, but also having your hands in other pots. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously tech changes, things are different now. Um, what are some things that you are doing differently now with the rollout of your music versus like what you may have done, you know, years, like even five, ten years ago?
2: I don't drop on Fridays. Like Mm. why should I compete with the entire music industry? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, And, you know, there's no reason that you have to drop on Friday. And, in fact, it's easier for you to get coverage as a lesser-known person Mm -hmm. if you're not competing with Beyonce or whoever, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So that's the main thing. And then the other part of it is that, um, the whole idea of like iterating on music, um, kind of the same way that you do in tech, where you like kind of move in that agile way, where it's like you put something out, you update it, and then just mm-hmm. based on like what the feedback is, that's what I did with with uh, iconic the EP that I dropped. Where it was like I didn't have any of the features, so I just put it out as is. As the features came in, I updated the record. Oh. So it creates more reasons for people to check it out. Like if you didn't just want to check it out for me, well now music soul child is on it. Yeah. So it gives you reasons to like go back to it. And you're seeing, you know, for a variety of reasons, people like Drake and Kanye. Uh, And now, uh, Beyonce with her having to like change the words for Mm -hmm, certain things, mm -hmm. like updating the records and you know, there's no reason that the record, like I had the art teacher one time that said to me, he was like a a work of art is never finished. You Mm -hmm. just give up on it. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason (laughs) that you can't like adjust things to make Mm -hmm. it better. Or if you got feedback, like, yo, that verse was whack. Cool. Take that verse off, do a new verse. You know what I mean? Mm Um, And that feedback loop that you can have with your audience is something that we didn't really have Mm. when you had to, like, turn the record in six months in advance and so on and so forth. So where we're at with digital media, it creates new opportunities to be more creative. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to, like, jump on those as much as possible.
0: I I like that you are jumping on those, you know, because I feel like a lot of older artists or artists from – back when we didn't have those privileges. They're like, I ain't doing all that, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, so you know, there are some some times where we have to jump on the train, you Mm -hmm. know, before it it leaves. So that's that's dope. That you're doing that because I I didn't even know that was possible. Like I was like, you know, I'm so still stuck in the back. You yeah. know, back mm-hmm. in the day when you like, like you need you record said, label you, money. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And speaking about that record label money, like you're you consider an indie artist, yeah, right? absolutely. So what what do you feel about that um, today? You know, like I feel like it's such a different. Um, a I know different you're like, meaning. Like you yeah. did
1: mention Griselda. Well, yeah, go ahead, it's, yeah, mention. yeah. It's a different meaning <laughs> to be
0: an indie artist back then, you know, when we didn't have social media than mm-hmm. it is now. What What are your feelings about yeah, all
2: that? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's kind of like that the, the record industry has kind of shifted from a business to business mindset to mm-hmm. a business to consumer mindset. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like it used to be that only the labels had direct access to these services or direct yeah. access to these distribution channels. Yeah. And now it's like anyone can do it. Yeah. Like anyone can sign up to DistroKid for 99 bucks a year or whatever, wow. and put any record on all these DSPs. And so as a result, there's a lot of these like smaller services for anyone. Like mm-hmm. you can get a playlisting service. You can mm-hmm. get a PR person. You can get your videos on TV. Like mm-hmm. you just pay someone to do it. And it's democratized things to some degree, but like we were talking about offline, we still need like this this layer of vetting yeah. right. because if anything can get through, anything will get through, <laughs> yeah. right? And so um, I think it's cool, um, but it also makes it harder because everyone is expected to have some level of business acumen. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people are just artists, but they don't have the capability of, you know, being, you know, hot on TikTok because, like, they're that's just not how they're oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's no way for them to really break through unless they find someone that will do all those things for them. Now, at the same time, you've got kids who grew up where social media was already a series of institutions, so it's, like, native to them. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I make skits all day just because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I also make music, and so – You know they're able to put those things together really well and break through, but um, it it's not as level of a playing field as it's meant to be, Mm -hmm. because of the fact that like some of those things are just not native to certain people. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. Like I kind of jumped the gun and was like, "Oh, you like Griselda?" Um, (laughs) I want to segue a little bit um, just to talk about like who are you listening to now? How do you feel about the music space right now?
2: Uh, I, I so. I think that one of the things that people don't say enough is that, you know, if you liked stuff that was coming out in the 90s, you like stuff that came out in the 2000s. Like all those artists are still making stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're all uh, many of them are still doing stuff that sounds like that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like we just forget about them like they're dead. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like, like if you want to continue to listen to Ghostface, do Ghostface records like he did in 2000, he's still doing he's still that. Doing and it. they're still awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I I still listen to a lot of the people that I used to listen to, but I also appreciate what's being done now. You know, like, people are often shocked to hear that I'm a huge Drake fan. I think he's incredibly dope. That is surprising. That um, is, like, because lyrically, he is very good. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll like, I don't really love the Nevermind, honestly, Nevermind record. Um, not because it's just singing. Like, I love R&B, but I just don't like those records. You know what I'm saying? So, um. You know that I know I- that we know. <laughs> Because everybody I'm not a fan knows of Drake's singing voice, I can't stand it. You know that I know. I always say that, that the Drake, Drake raps in the voice that you use when you call a girl you just met that you trying to. For real, for real. Um, but no, nah, I think he's he's a really dope lyricist. I, I really appreciate like his precision and concision with words um he says really dope lines so you know, he I, said that he was like
0: i really do be saying shit
2: though y'all like <laughs> no, don't be trying to play me yeah especially yeah. those timestamp rap- yeah. records like he goes off on yeah those. he does yeah um anyway so i really like drake um you know there there's a lot of just like random guys that i'm like oh this guy can rap like i'm just into it um, but other than that, you know, it's, it's still the guys that I've always listened to. It's it's going to be Ghostface. It's going to be like Feral Monge. It's going to be like Elzai, It's going to be all those type of like lyrical guys. Your right. Nas's, your Jay-Z's and so on. Um, but yeah, I, I listen to a lot of stuff. But I also listen to a lot of like R&B. Like I'm a huge Snow Allegra fan. Ooh, yeah. Huge Her fan.
0: Oh, so that's your vibe. Um, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like if I could sing, <laughs> none of this rap stuff would ever happened. Man, <laughs> if
0: I could sing, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> like
2: I would, I would have been Music Soul
0: Child Junior. For yes. real, <laughs> I'd be so disgusting with it. Like
1: I'm the opposite. I used to sing, and hmm. I have. I don't want
0: anything to do with it anymore. But you see what I'm saying? You know this is, in, this is what pisses me off. So much talent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and even want you talking about. I don't even want to use it. Do you hear me? This that is exactly why God did not did not yeah, exactly. give that talent.
2: Yeah, i would be spinning around with like what? You know what I mean? in the rain. It'd be raining everywhere <laughs> I go. Well,
1: that is a good it's, this is a good moment to segue into um the state of R&B right now like because mm-hmm. I feel like that verse is with um you know it, it's, it's, oh, it, it was a long time ago but <sighs> You know Ray J and, and company, Ray J and friends, <laughs> Ray J and, and Mario and all those folks. Um, I started to see a lot of conversations online about like, oh R and B is dead until what? Mario
2: came out. <laughs> until
1: Mario came out, yeah. But then, but you know, people were Yo, like, he
2: went for those. What?
1: Guys. Why was everybody trying to act all hard and what? Ha- so what? What do you got? What is the state of R and B right
2: now? I, uh, I mean. On the point of uh, R and B singers being hard, like a lot of them were hard. I
1: mean, Jodeci was like, yeah, the, the they blue was blue blue. mad hard. You know what
2: I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there aren't there aren't a enough like really strong R and B singer, singer singers, people. You know what I mean? Like uh, the people yeah. I just listed, the I, people I, I just listed, I really love them and they can sing, yeah. right? But I feel like. You know, a lot of these, especially the guys, especially what we saw at verses, like they all got up and they sounded awful, except Which, for if Mario. If you
1: don't take care of yourself, it can affect your voice. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know what these men do, but listen, aging. If you don't practice, because it is a muscle, you do have to practice. Mm-hmm. Drugs, alcohol, all that stuff can affect. Brandy
0: your voice. told Ray J. She literally gave <laughs> she, him. She was rightfully like embarrassed. Steps <laughs> to 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 follow before, and he followed not one of them. <laughs> you know. She was
1: rightfully embarrassed. Um, but
0: I, I kind of disagree though. They, I think there are you know a good amount of male R and B singers. It's just they're not being, you know, accepted or like praised enough. Like I, you know you got Avery. It was Avery Wilson who's who's like one of the sickest singers. I'm not up on her. him uh, but exactly. But I, like
2: I love Daniel Caesar. I love Lucky Day. Um. see but these are people that actually finally got mainstream
0: Lucky Day's been out like working forever, forever yeah. Raheem you know?
1: Devon, I mean he's been around for a while but he's I feel like he's definitely underrated and slept on. he released a new project in May I want to mm-hmm. say damn I didn't see so, I didn't yeah. even know that and
0: that's that's the unfortunate thing that's why I say I think there are you know, real good R&B singers, male singers especially, out there right now. But that's not what's in. You know, yeah, you got the and maybe I female misspoke. R&B singers that are <laughs> starting to come right back up like summer walker and right, Jasmine right. Sullivan.
2: but maybe i misspoke and, and it's probably the same situation as what i described with like the rappers like there's plenty of people exactly. out there but there isn't enough focus on that right yeah. now and that may also be a function of like how you know so many rappers are just doing the auto-tune thing auto-tune it's, thing and they're like all right, right. we don't need yeah. r&b singers on our songs yeah. and things like that and then you've got you know Bring back Jenny Wine, man. Uh, well, you, did you uh, see what nah, happened? away. put him away. No. Put him away. <laughs> <laughs> bring back you, you Elgin you must, Lumpkin. You must All
0: right, see,
1: or are you trying to be funny? No, Have you I'm, seen been, those, I'm being, you
0: funny, being but but okay. I'm being funny, but yeah, but, but nah, like, he was no. dope though at his No, But was. like I'm saying, like bring back that sound though, He's just like out when of you shame. would bring boot camp or something. You know,
2: yes. and, and that's I don't know that dude's like a sex addict though. He's kind of strange.
1: I I danced with him at a party once. Oh wow! But it was it was Were you in the
2: same pair of jeans? No. <laughs> no,
1: I have, to, I have to explain myself It was so goofy The way we did it though It was like Went to the party Had a mutual friend Friend introduced us And so he and I Ended up standing next to each other And then like He put his arm around me okay. And then some song came out. I don't even remember What the song was So we were literally Clearly just standing, was Pony No right, right, right. <laughs> No, I did not did grind on him Did not do the body, right? body roll? No, no, we were like Standing next to each other Like Kind of like Like pop lock, like like, it it was so goofy. Like
0: I would always start my intros with, "Hey, I'm Jonathan. I pop lock with genuine." (laughs) But
1: but it started with whatever the song. I cannot remember the song, but it was like I started like kind of nodding to the song, and then he started nodding with me. So we're like, he's still with his arm around me. We're both just like,
0: I repeat, bring back genuine.
1: It just turned into like, and I can't pop lock for shit, but. It was a moment. It was a moment. That's
2: amazing. That <laughs> should be your Twitter uh, <laughs> profile. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I
0: pop locked with genuine. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of um, music and, like, R&B and stuff, like, you know, like I said, you know, it, it really depends on, like, what's accepted or, you know, what fans you have. So let's talk about Drake since you, you know, like sure. Drake. And yeah. we were talking off air about Beyonce's mm-hmm. renaissance. You know how Drake came with the, quote, unquote, house sound? Mm-hmm. Um Right before Beyonce, which I think he found out that B was coming out with the whole album, yeah. I was like I'm, I'm sure, sure, I, I'm sure it, they had a I conference think both call. I they're Just
1: really good at market research, and they know that dance music or house music.
2: is Nah, it's yo, to go. I, think, I think even it's though Beyonce's like, album is not house, but it has some yeah, elements. It has though. elements. Right. But uh, two things, I think that it kind of works like the fashion industry works. You know what I mean? Where everyone kind of mm-hmm. gets together and says, "Okay, here's what we're all going to commit to. We're all going to use this sort of fabric or whatever." Um, the other thing is that. You Know if you remember in the 80s, every hip hop song had a house remix anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm cool with that coming back, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like
1: it was like, yeah, like the original EDM, basically. Yeah. Like, if you listen to some of the old hip hop,
0: so thing. why were people talking ish about you no know, drain? They,
1: they probably it's probably young people, you know, where but we're, then
0: when B came out with it. So her decided, songs are yeah. better.
2: <laughs> you know I what I mean? Like he, was pretty cool. He's making records for like Equinox and like you know what I mean when you Zara, yeah. Like <laughs> and like, and, like and again, like, like I I'm a huge Drake fan. I even like his singing most of the times, but like. These records they they don't really have any like soul to them. They're mm-hmm. like they're all like that song Passion Fruit, but if Passion Fruit wasn't that good. Mm. You know what Damn. I mean? But Passion Fruit was a dope song. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the records when he was doing that on the More Life record, all of that was hitting to me. Like mm-hmm. these just, I'm just not feeling them and so I you're really feeling, wanted to.
0: You feeling Beyoncé's Renaissance?
2: I really love that song Heat it. I really like the song uh uh Cuff it. Mm-hmm. It. Um, there's like four songs on there I really love. Mm-hmm. My wife is the biggest Beyonce fan ever, so uh. you know what I mean I'm gonna hear those records forever. <laughs> Heated, like we could play that over and over. I yeah. love that record. Yeah, how you
0: feel about it?
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. I really, really, really like like the album. Like it's just very. I was listening to it yesterday on the way here, and I'm just on the train. I'm not that person that'll be like dancing and stuff on the train. You was dancing on the train. But <laughs> I wanted to. I really. She's gonna start like, pop locking again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think in choreo, like I, you know, I I used yeah. to dance, and I think in choreo, mm-hmm. and this this Same. song is just, I mean, this song, this album is I, like whoever does choreography right now, especially if oh, you what? do like heels classes mm-hmm. and. Oh, and having they're, the ball. they're living. Yeah. Like.
2: So so far we've we've uncovered that Star has two dramatic talents that she's abandoned. <laughs> you know, I'm like, nah, I don't even know who she
0: is anymore. Like, it's wild.
1: It's she, one of those things when you do it from when you're little, you get to a crossroads and then you're just like, is this what it's gonna be? Or is it
0: Did Patty LaBelle say that with her vocals?
1: I sang with Patty LaBelle.
0: <laughs> wow. 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 And and guys, thank you for joining us That's a- sure. podcast. i'm leaving okay. I, have,
1: I have another funny story so she she actually put the mic to my mouth to sing and i kind of I, I ran <laughs> so what the group i was in at the time right we were in this group it was like kind of like a kid uh version of sounds of blackness and um <laughs> so we were doing a, a, a tribute at the beacon there was a tribute to a, a singer a singer songwriter named laura nero who, who died um years ago but she wrote for like Everybody, in your mama, and mm-hmm. like, um. So first of all, Patty Labelle, I love her. Like she can not do nothing wrong. Did like she was so essence? sweet to us. Yes, I saw Killed her. It. She was Crip-walked. amazing. She walked. I saw, I saw her walk uh, 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 on trip-walked. stage. Let's but go, Patty. Yeah. Patty <laughs> Labelle. I know she doesn't remember me, but she's my forever She's my favorite auntie because she yeah. was just. I just remember. I was um fifteen at the time. Anyway, we were on stage. It was a big number. And I just happened to be next to her, and then I saw her coming my my way with the mic, and I just (laughs) kind (laughs) of (laughs) slid.
0: She hit her with the homeless I I had, like, one of my friends, like. (laughs) Believe. First of all, I'm going everywhere with you because you just be standing next to all these people. You know what I mean? No, Um, I need
1: to travel with you (laughs) because you were front row with the Essence Fest. I was in front row. (laughs) Listen,
0: you just got to know the right people. And just, 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 just charm no, people too. No, you said one of your <laughs>
1: homegirls is on sis, Was on sisters. Yes, so I've,
0: two of them actually are the main sis, uh, main girls on Tyler Perry's is sisters. Is one of them
1: Novi Brown?
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going tomorrow. She's coming to my house tonight. She's coming to- <laughs> you know
1: so you What's up, baby? tell her that i am interviewing her too. we'll talk Let's, about this we're gonna online. facetime her
0: we're gonna facetime her after this we're gonna she's literally she, coming she to the house she might be tonight.
1: at your house tomorrow during the interview for all i know i don't know uh, she might be
0: we're gonna facetime after okay. but um yeah they like brought us up you know essence fest man even though uh, you know i work with ebony so but i love it's all love but um essence fest is just so beautiful, like, to be around really so many is. black excellent people and just, you know, just live in us, mm-hmm. you know, and not be afraid. You know, just like uh, Beyonce saying, cozy, you know, comfortable in your skin. Oh, I love that song, too. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, no, that, that was super, super dope.
2: Yo, just on the subject of black excellence, I just need to put this out here so someone can hear it. We need to work on getting me to cover a black enterprise. Mm. Mm. I'm just saying.
1: That could be possible. And a lot of these businesses probably need your SEO services. For real.
2: So. <laughs> for real. I'll trade y'all traffic for the cover. <clears throat> there you go. Hey. There you go. Drop Listen. some of
1: your clients just so they know. Uh
2: yeah. I mean Wall Street Journal, Ooh. um, Complex, uh, wow. Warner Music Group, uh, JP Morgan Chase, um Etsy. Come I don't on. know, the list is real long. That's Come a short on. list. Mm-hmm. And you oh.
1: celebrated eight years of eight years, yeah. Wow, I pull yeah. rank.
2: My agency is called I Pull Rank. We've been around for eight years. We primarily do search engine optimization and content strategy work.
0: Hey, big ups to you on that! Yeah, like, thank congrats. You. That's thank you know, that's something that we need to talk a little bit more about. You know, just like, um, because I, I didn't really know too much about about it. How'd you even get into that though?
2: That was an accident, and it, it actually overlaps with my hip hop world a lot. So, um, I was doing music full time and in 2006 i got into a bike accident and i needed i needed to get a job to pay my medical bills because i didn't have insurance it's like Mm. pre-obamacare and everything and so the first place to hire me was a seo agency because of my tech background so i've been coding since i was 12 i was like self-taught went to howard for computer science Um, and so, you know, I basically keep these jobs until my boss would piss me off (laughs) and then I'll go back on tour. There you go. And then after a while, I got this job at a big multinational agency called Razorfish. And I was like, oh, if I stick with this, I could probably make some real money. Right. And I was in Philly and, um, you know, I'm doing SEO. And so, uh, I'm on a train with one of my friends, this guy named Dose Noun, uh, free Dose Noun, by the way, he got locked up for weed. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Anyway, so we're on the train in Sweden because we're doing shows out there. And he's like, yo, I know you're doing that SEO thing. My cousin owns this software company. I'm like, who's your cousin? And he's like, yeah, my cousin's this guy named Rand Fishkin, who's like literally the biggest name in the space. Wow. wow. And I'm like, <laughs> what? oh, that's serendipitous, you know what I mean? And so um, that turned into me, like, connecting with him and then also moving into New York because, you know, Uh, I couldn't get a full-time job at Razorfish. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to another one of their sister agencies, get a job offer, and bring it back so they have to hire me. And they still couldn't, so I moved to the sister agency in New York. Then I got really involved in thought leadership in the space. So I speak all over the world Mm -hmm. on SEO and, like, teach people how to do it better and everything. And uh, then I got into a bidding war with a bunch of agencies trying to hire me. And then after all that, I was like, all right, if these – dummies can run these shop these shops. I'm pretty sure I could figure it out too. Yeah. And uh, not dummies, but you know, I felt like get I was it. smarter, I get you it. know get what it. I'm saying? <laughs> and um so yeah, I started an agency 8 years ago and nobody's died yet and here we are. There we go. <laughs> <Dope>. <laughs> that
1: is dope. Yeah, this is I'm digging this conversation. <laughs>
2: yeah. So it it's actually like I've never went to school for marketing. You know what I mean? I just mm. said like I went to school for computer science and being that I was trying to sell people CDs (laughs) as late as like 2010 and I was successful with that. Like it taught me all the things that I needed to know for marketing. And the big difference is between, you know, that sort of business and music business is people actually have money Mm -hmm. and they'll (laughs) give it to you to do things. And so, um, you know, those same ideas I was, learning and, and cultivating from doing music, I apply here and I stand out. And, you know, we're really effective at what we do. So it's been it's been a, a great journey. And, um you know, it's really setting me up for like what I want to do next. And what I think I want to do next is like make my version of rock Nation where mm-hmm. it's like, You know, all the things I'm interested in, music and and tech and media and all of that, because I set it a really interesting, you know, convergence of all those things. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not just um, someone who can rap and like, you know, I can make websites like I'm someone who can run businesses and so on. And I have a deep understanding of all this stuff. So I feel like there's an opportunity in the middle of that that will come from me building a business like that. So I'm really excited to, you know, go in that direction.
1: That's dope. And you have a leg up because, like, there's still a surprising amount of people who don't really fully understand tech, the yeah. tech space. Absolutely.
2: So Absolutely. And so, you know, the like thing... Like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> be real. No, and that's fine, though, because, like... The the way tech is going, everything is getting more user friendly, like, you know, like the technologies are crazier with artificial intelligence, machine learning and all those sorts of things. But everything is being made easier for people to use it and, you know, uh, fold it around what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So. Also, so much of our world is being controlled by algorithms. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I'm incredibly passionate about is that, you know, black people are included in this because there's so many instances where a good example is like when google photos first came out mm-hmm. they misidentified a black woman as a gorilla
0: Oh, Whoa. Well,
2: why does that happen because no black people are in the room right. working right. on these things right. like these data sets are not including black people mm-hmm. like think about how often <laughs> i would have been Yes, exactly. We were pissed. Like, what? You know what I mean, and, and there's a lot of people who have come into the place to put safeguards to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. But think about how often you walk into a bathroom and you try to use the automatic like uh, yeah. faucet and that doesn't recognize on. you. Yeah. 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 Like that is a problem. You know what I'm saying? And so it's really important to me that I'm involved in solving those sorts yeah. of problems and, and so on. And I feel like, you know, those are the things that I'm meant to be doing, like. Getting people number one in Google, mm-hmm. that's easy. Like, we can do that in our sleep. What's the next layer up where we wow. can do things that are, like, really contributing mm-hmm. to the world? I know. Oh, this
1: cool. company I worked for last year, my manager at that time, I had to help him save a file as a PDF.
2: <laughs>
0: oh,
1: <laughs> And I'm not, there I can anymore. do that, y'all. What? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You, you can't be that bad. No, I ain't like that then. bad. I ain't that bad.
0: I'm a, it's, it's just like the algorithm talk and all that. I mm. honestly can't stand it. I hate it. You know, I think it's real trifling because yes. well, how
1: do you, I'm sorry to cut you off yeah. because I feel like it's it's so hard now because of the algorithm to get any kind of engagement yeah. or visibility unless you pay for it. Sure. Yeah.
2: but that's by design, right? Because these are companies. Like, it's like we always say, like, if if the product is free, you're the product, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having organic reach be what it was before doesn't yield them making more money. Exactly. So the whole incentive was like, okay, bring your audience to us. Now we're going to monetize your audience. And so that's kind of what I was saying before about how, you know, there's no place for us. When when I'm talking Mm -hmm. about underground hip-hop, like, sure, we can all be on Instagram. We can pay them so our people can see our stuff. Or we can have a place that's free Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're just bringing our stuff here and and that audience will keep coming back to find out what's the new hot stuff. You know what I mean? And so um, I think that speaks to two problems that are created by these channels. You know, everyone is going where the inertia of user behavior is going. You're like, okay... Why should I focus on my website if everything is happening on IG? Why should I focus on my website if everything is happening on TikTok? Right. It's because of what we're talking about. These algorithms aren't going to let you reach your people. Exactly. What you should be doing is really building up your website to be a place that people want to come back to mm-hmm. and come to regularly. You should be making your content, putting it in that place, and using these other channels to drive people back yeah. to you building up your mailing list so you can reach them for free forever. Yeah. But, you know, no one talks about that. They just talk about, well, how are you going to get to a million followers? Otherwise, I'm not paying attention and to what you're doing. And followers
1: don't even matter as much because if you're no. not getting that engaged, you can exactly. have a million followers and only three people
2: engaging. I, I literally see that.
0: And and the people, the people some of these people that do have the million followers, literally they're – like. 80% of their followers don't see their content yep. you know, until they, you know, pay for exactly. something which is real trifling to, you know, if you Yeah, yeah I'm not know, trying to
2: subscribe like, to my audience. Right. So, right. You know <laughs> like, <laughs> that you organically like, you know, received. That's so wild to me. Yeah. It's so and, wild. And again, we brought these people to these channels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so if if we think about how this all matured, right? Like we all started on like Friendster, then we went to MySpace, and you know you cultivated your audience on MySpace. You had your top eight, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But MySpace, Which I got into a lot that, of arguments, I was say, drama, top eight? Why'd you take me out your top right. eight? I'd be like, damn,
0: was there a notification? How'd you know?
1: <laughs> this this, this guy like broke up with me by taking me out of his top. <laughs>
0: wow,
2: wow, damn. that's the original ghosting. The original. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> (laughs) But nah, then we went from there, and and MySpace was more kind of utopian in that, you know, everyone saw everything, right? You did the newsletter join, and then, like, everyone responded to you, Mm -hmm. and so on, right? And then we moved to Facebook, and you're just
0: going to skip Black Planet.
2: Well, oh yeah, Black, well <laughs> Black Planet was before all of that Yeah, yeah. And I mean, come on Nobody was using Black Planet The way you were supposed to Yeah, know? definitely like, not <laughs> Black Planet true. was a sex menu I, right? was, <laughs> that was. I was a naughty boy on
0: I, Black, Black,
1: Planet. Black Planet is the first place I ever saw someone's penis online oh. Wow <laughs> in wow. my inbox and i didn't ask for it listen <laughs> there used to be people that would just literally just send a dick pic yeah just to I was, I was, as many women as possible yeah, i was very <laughs> see, see all which all one's gonna stick on the list that they <laughs> sent it to like really damn
2: damn <laughs> wait right. you could see all that yeah so so there was black planet right, asian avenue right there was you know yeah, there's yeah. one yeah. For everybody. And then, yeah. yeah and they those still exist yeah surprisingly yeah yeah, yeah. um But yeah, Facebook. And then, you know, that's when we started getting to this algorithmic life where it's like, cool. All right. Well, you brought everybody here to your your Facebook page and now you can't reach them. Mm -hmm. But we all knew, like, well, everybody's there. We've got to reach them. Mm -hmm. And so my whole point here is that you can't thrive in that way. Like if you have to always pay for your audience, if you can't always connect with these people, that's just going to be a cost that continues to grow Mm -hmm. because the the way these, these advertising platforms work is they're all auctions. Right. And so those prices will continue to go up Mm -hmm. because people are all competing for that same space, Mm -hmm. those same eyeballs. So it doesn't really make sense for that to be the only way you reach your audience.
1: Yeah. like people are more hip to like Google AdSense and not AdSense, um, Facebook ads and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, But to bring it back to your music, and you know, you had a show last night. Um, What do you have coming up in the near future? Uh,
2: I got a few shows coming up in the Northeast. What I'm mostly trying to do right now is just, uh, you know, build up the audience from Massachusetts to D.C. because those are all easy places to get, and I'm a dad, so I got to be able to (laughs) get back home pretty easily. And really what I want to do is kind of, Change the model for how underground hip hop sh- shows go. I think one of the things that you know this this next generation has done a lot better is get back to like the party focus of things. Mm. and you know with our generation, we kind of um, split it in half where it's like you have parties, you have hip hop shows. Mm. I think we need to make those things one thing. and what I really want to do because one of the the problems I have with underground hip hop shows is like it'll be fifty acts on the on the on the bill. And that's not a good experience for anybody. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's not a good experience for the rappers. It's not a good experience for the audience. It's a decent experience for the promoters because the whole play is like, get me 50 people. I know each one of them will bring 10 and we'll mm-hmm. have a 500-person audience. Right. But that's a complete turnstile, right? It's like, you know, the first people rock, their people leave, and then by the time right. the headliner goes on, it's like 20 people left. Yeah. So what I want to do is something that's like four to six acts um, you know, a proper party DJ Like a Rich Medina or somebody like that So you know that we're serious About the party mm-hmm. aspect of it And then uh, open bar for the first hour Ooh. So like people show up on time yeah, And then, okay. you know, like make it more like a concert, like have set pieces. Like Mm -hmm. when you walk in the door in like the uh, lobby area, there's some interactive situation there. So like it's a whole experience that's themed every time we do it. And then like take that on the road. So it's like, you know, you have fun the whole time. And it's not just, you know, 500 dudes doing acapellas. Like it's a good show with great acts where it's like half of them you never heard of but we vetted them, we know they're ill on stage and then half of them are people that you would pay money to see. Yeah. So, so it's like a really dope experience.
1: I know it's always like a running joke like in like the early 2000s at hip-hop events how it was always like a sausage fest. <laughs> yeah, I mean
2: it was like that last night. It was like my wife, her friends and a couple other folks and then a bunch of wolves trying to like jump on them. Yeah, I mean like I wanted to be you know, first of all, I want women and you know people of all genders to feel um, comfortable and confident coming into the space and feeling like, yo, I'm going to have fun here. I'm not mm. going to be, like, overly harassed. And, and the fact that it's not like that is largely why women don't come. And so I want it to be just, like, a dope experience. Like, I don't want it to be the sausage fest. I don't want it to be you know uh 500 people rapping over some random old you know what I mean primo track and then being like yo cut the beat yo you got to hear these bars like no we don't no, we don't and you know I'm I'm a I'm a I I used to do that you know what I'm saying like cuz the, the, that's the other thing the sound is so bad at those at those events oh, yeah. like yeah turn it off so you can hear these bars you know what I'm saying <laughs> but i wanted to be you know a good experience through and through and something that you're glad you went to, yeah. not just like, oh, you drugged me out to another one of these underground rap shows.
1: Right. Dope. That's real. We got a lot of gems today. We did.
2: <laughs> I like it. No, this Dude. is really, really
0: dope. Yeah. Um, definitely appreciate you coming. Thanks for having in. me.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Well, there y'all have it. We had gems dropped by Mike King. And I really, really appreciate you for coming. But I hope that you guys definitely uh, appreciated it and also enjoyed it because the next episode that we have, we have somebody really, really big coming and we're super excited, but I'm not going to tell y'all yet. All right, we're going to be here every month, once a month, okay? So make sure you check out AURN Podcast, and we appreciate y'all. All right, peace.